0: Hey, y'all, welcome back to the show. It really is a wild and crazy life, and I hope you are living it to the fullest. All right, welcome back, everybody. As usual, I am super excited about today's guest. I had an awesome conversation with my friend, Vivian Yacht a couple of weeks ago, and I have learned over the years of being a podcast listener that some of my favorite episodes are when the host just chats with a friend, and that is what this episode definitely is. Vivian and I hopped on, and we talk about everything from the American medical system to what it's like to immigrate to the United States to being a content creator for brands on social media. So we cover a broad range of topics, um, smoothie bowls and morning routines. And literally, we talk about so, so much. Um, Vivian is such a A light and a joy, and I just love having her in my life. I hope you adore her as much as I do. So she is a medical doctor from the Netherlands. She has immigrated to the United States to be with her partner, and in that Process, she realized that while she was in medical school, she did not actually want to become a practicing doctor. And so she's made some amazing life changes since graduating from medical school. You're going to hear all about those in the episode, so I won't spoil them for you. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's a really fun, amazing episode. Like I said, this is one of my favorites. Just chat with a friend and share it with y'all. So keep that conversation going. After you listen to this, head on over to Instagram. You can find me at the underscore Monica Baker, and you can find Vivian at The Medical Mermaid Viv. And let us know what you think. Tag us in in some comments or in some stories. Let us know what you think of the episode. We would love to keep this conversation going. So without further ado, here is Vivian Yacht. All right vivian welcome to the podcast i i'm just so excited to talk to you i you and i connected a few weeks ago and i like fell in love with you instantly i just love your vibe and your energy and then as i've learned more about your story i was just so excited to talk to you so welcome to the podcast
1: thank you i'm so excited to be here and i loved you from the first moment i like connected with you and i had the same i was like woman This is amazing. You have amazing energy. Like I'm here for it. So yeah, I'm super excited to connect. Awesome. Okay.
0: So let's dive in. Tell us first, where are you located? You're currently in the United States, right?
1: Yes. Uh, I, I currently live in North Carolina.
0: Okay, great. And you, well, let's just dive into your story. So you were born in the Netherlands, right? And then
1: what happened from there? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I'm fully Dutch. Like I have Dutch parents. I grew up there. I was raised there. Um, and I kind of already knew I was, I have always been kind of like a dreamer. And with that being said, I was, some people never got what I was saying. Cause they're like, huh, that's, that's kind of crazy out there. But I kind of always knew that I didn't want to like stay in the Netherlands. Like it's an amazing country. It's so well-regulated. Um, like college is literally like two thousand a year. That's it. Wow. And so it's great, <laughs> but I wanted more adventure. I want to see the world. Did bilingual education, traveled, and then, of course, as you know it, I met an amazing, amazing guy in Nepal. Um, completely fell in love. And the thing was, I was still doing med school. He's a U.S. citizen, so long distance. And then, finally, after finishing med school and Five and a half years of long distance with COVID in between. Um, I was able to move here, so that's why I'm why I'm here right now. I've lived here for just over a year. Um, so yeah.
0: Okay. So you were in med school. You were in Nepal, and that's where you met
1: Eric. What were what were you each doing there? So um, I was doing a extracurricular internship. I had like two months off because before med school, I did one other year of college and I was able to like put in my coursework for that and I was like I want to do something fun so I started researching found like medical internships on like that you could do so I chose Nepal because it sounded really adventurous and it was all the things like had the culture but it also had like you could hike and like do the rafting and all that it sounded really fun so I did that and it was honestly kind of crazy if I I still don't know how I did it but I'd never had done like actual work in a hospital. Yeah, I've sat in classes, but and I was just like, okay, I'm gonna show up there and I'm gonna intern in a Paul in a hospital. And now I'm like, how did I do that? <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But so that's why did I they was... let me do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was doing plastic surgery there. Um, it was like a really cool experience. And Eric was there for work. We met um like through friends, like. My friends had met some other people the other day and we went together. We're just like at, um, like a regular bar, not like a dance club, but like, you know, casual with food and stuff. And yeah, that's, that's how we connected. So, and then
0: you spent five and a half years long distance. Yes. I honestly, I didn't know that part of the story. How in the world
1: did that work? So. I think it's possible for anyone, as long as you really know it's your person and you really wanna make it work. And if you do, you have, I believe, a really solid basis for your relationship because the main thing you have to do is like you have to communicate and you have to communicate really well. Um, so we just got really creative and luckily we live in an era where you have technology. So we do video call all the time. And to be really honest, I did, we did video call every single day. We did have a time difference. um, Usually six hours, but like when one of us would travel, then sometimes there would be more. So I did have to keep that in mind, but you can do a lot. Like you could, it sounds really silly if I say it, but we would literally like be like, okay, we're going to cook the same meal. And like, yeah, of course, Eric will make it for lunch, but I will make it for dinner. And then um, we would also like watch the same movie. So we would press play at the same time and just try to get more things done instead of just because calling and like talk to each other about your day, yes. But you also have to kind of get that like date feeling because you have to have some shared experience.
0: Yeah. So from the people I know who have either been in marriages where they somebody travels a lot or they've been in like longer distance dating relationships, I often hear that the actual hardest part is when they finally are in the same place all the time. I know, for example, my dad traveled for work, my whole life. And when he finally got off the road, he and my mom were like, they kind of had to circle each other for a little bit to figure out how to actually live together. Did y'all kind of have that same, actually like putting it together when you
1: moved? Yeah. So to preface this with saying, like I was, lucky like once again it's so funny if you look back because I'm like how did I do that but I did we did see each other quite frequently so every two to three months that was just something that we really felt like we should do so if I had some and sometimes it was like including the international flight from Europe to America it was like four days but I was like we got to see each other so did that kind of back and forth and there were periods of time where I had a longer break so we had been together for like two months in one row for example yeah didn't happen all the time, but definitely got to experience that and most of the time one of us was also working so like it wasn't like I got there and it was like two months vacation like you know I seem to go to work every day and you know um but then definitely yes when I moved here I don't think it's necessarily was like purely the fact that we're like oh we're in a home together and I am a very organized strategic person so (laughs) that's definitely something I'm still like dealing with but there was a lot going on. Like I moved four times within two months and the immigration and the visa process. I don't want to go into all the U.S. laws, but it is crazy. So it was definitely a little bit challenging. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I can imagine stress upon stress upon stress. Um, But you're a year in. Uh, How are things going now?
1: Yeah, it's great. I finally feel like I'm a little bit more settled in. And although the cultures are very similar, they're also like really big differences. Um, It's going really well. Like I, we're now looking at like moving to a different home, which I'm really excited about. And I like my work visa was finally approved so I could start to work here. So all the things are slowly starting to like come together more.
0: That's great. So you haven't really been able to do work like for, for compensation for the last year.
1: Yeah. It, I moved here in August and my work visa didn't get approved until late May. Oh, yuck.
0: Okay. So that was almost a full year. Exactly.
1: Yeah. How, was
0: that stressful
1: for you? Yes. And not in the way that you think it was the most stressful for me because, um, I think, the world really is better off when everybody does what they love. But for me personally, I love the feeling of like independency and being an independent woman. And I always wanted to make my own money. And if I wanted to go out and buy something for someone else or do something, I would to be able to do that. Yeah. And in general, I think independence is a really big part of my just personal trait. And I feel like that was really kind of taken away from me because, you know, and also with that, I don't even have a U.S. driver's license. Cause my green card is not approved. You can't get your license here. So there are all these things together. That was just like no independence, but like now it's only like coming back. I'm like, yes, let's yeah. go. So. Yeah. Well, and that's probably a good lesson too,
0: in receiving and trusting abundance to come, not just from the sources that we anticipate it'll come from. Oh yes.
1: Completely. Like mindset is totally everything.
0: That's not my favorite lesson to learn, <laughs> but occasionally we all need to learn it.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: that's great. Okay. So you were in, you were in med school, you graduated med school in the Netherlands. Um, we, before we pressed play, you told me you had wanted to do plastic surgery specifically for like burn victims or trauma injuries. That's incredible. What kind of led you away from that?
1: What, what changed your mind? Yeah, so I still think the job in itself is amazing. Um obviously I think being a doctor is just super cool. I'm really into the body. I think so many people don't realize like how every single cell and organism just works with each other to like, you know, let you do all these amazing things every day with your body. So I like still so like the work in itself and surgery, still so like, ooh, you know, I was so happy every time I got scrubbing and do things like that. But I realized at one point that I always really valued the healthy lifestyle because I thought that was something that we would get taught in med school and like the preventative things. And I always like, oh yeah, health in my mind always like, you know, um, meant moving your body every day and eating healthy and not having such high stress levels, sleeping enough. And then I realized, huh, I saw all these doctors working in all these hospitals and I was like, but these doctors, they are not practicing what they're preaching. Like that's yeah. that just didn't resonate with me. I was like, what that just felt so wrong. And it's specifically because I love that part so much. So and then it was really funny because I don't know if I really realized through that project that we were assigned or if I already had started it. But I was doing a project, we had to write this paper about specific work hours, like. What the maximum amount of hours it is that you're allowed to work in hospitals, and I thought it was really fun to look at it internationally. So, me, I compared Europe and Australia and the U.S. And at that point, I'd already met Eric, so I knew I was going to the U.S. anyway. And then I was like, it's like even worse in the U.S. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if that's my thing. Um, that was definitely like weird to go through because also everybody else, like 99% of people do med school are like, no, I'm going to work in a hospital. And it's just normal. Just, yeah, of course you only have five hours of sleep. And I'm like, how are you going to get the right patient care? I'm sorry. That just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I have often thought that too. Like, why am I trusting
0: someone that's been awake for a, a day and a half to do anything with my medical care?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, I get it. And exactly what you said, as far as health and preventative and just healthy lifestyle, it's really not a part of the medical, traditional medical system at all.
1: No, it's, it's really weird to me because I feel like I would love to like give the power back to the patient or in general, the people and be like, have them feel like i'm in charge of my health and i feel like right now as soon as we kind of step into the and i'm not saying like there are so many great things and there definitely should be traditional doctors and some things do need actual like medicine or surgery but a lot of times i feel like we walk in and then we're like oh doctor here is my health you do it you go prescribe me like a, a quick band-aid but then in five years i'm going to be back because we didn't actually solve the problem you yeah. know Yes,
0: I went to a doctor a few years, a couple of years ago, because I had started having um, ocular migraines. I know now it was they were caused either by the fluorescent lights or potentially mold in the buildings that I was working in a lot. Wow. Um, but I went to the doctor and I was like, I'm having them regularly now. What? What can? Sometimes they're accompanied by actual headaches. What can I do? And she tried to prescribe me something first, and I said, No, no, no. I want to look at like. Like, what could I maybe not eat or what, like, what lifestyle changes do I need to make? I didn't know at the time it was connected to the buildings. I was looking for answers. And she literally pulled up her phone and like Googled causes of migraines. (laughs) And then it was like, well, here's some information. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? (laughs) No, no, thank you. Um, But I do think when I've seen people start to take ownership of their own health. I know sometimes and as I've gone through that journey, I know at times I've come across as like high, either high maintenance, or like when I go to a restaurant, and I'm very particular about how they prepare the food and what I order, or I can seem very, um, not hypochondriac, exactly, because I, I don't actually get a lot of things. But I, I avoid a lot of things because I know what they can do to our bodies. Um, so I know sometimes it can be really difficult to decide to take ownership and yet it's like the best thing you can ever do
1: completely because and I I think people have heard it before and I think everybody knows it but kind of there is this like specific pyramid that people would show about research like what your basic needs are and then from you know it it goes up and I feel like at the very bottom it's health and I think so many people they don't realize like if your health, your physical and mental, cause that, that's a they are connected. And it's, it's a whole part of it. If that is like really solid, everything else in your life will improve. And I think most people don't think about it. Like if you sleep more and you sleep better, you have more deep sleep. You have more REM sleep. You able to concentrate better at work. Then when you get home, you're not as cranky and you don't like pick up a huge fight with your partner. And then the circle repeats itself because you had a huge fight now you're like not wanting to do your workout and you're stressed and so now you go and eat bad, And it just, the whole thing repeats. And if you just like take a step back and be like, well, no, maybe it is better for me to actually put that hour of movement in. It just, it will elevate everything. So.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so well. Um, I also, this story, I, I've been hearing a lot of birth stories recently. And so, I I can share this with you and I think you'll probably appreciate it, but when my twins were born i was on bed rest for five months they tried to come prematurely for like right at week 10. Um, and then really in earnest at week 27 i was in the hospital for three weeks i was on home monitoring for i was on all these medicines all these blood pressure medicines when i have naturally low blood pressure mm-hmm. it's really messed with, with my body at that 27 week mark they put me on a really serious medication that causes like hallucinations and double, triple vision, it causes all these things. It can put moms in the ICU. Um, So I started to have double visions and hallucinations. So they pulled me off of it. And then I went back into labor six weeks later. I spent three weeks in the hospital, three weeks at home. I went back into labor. So we're still early. We're still at 33 weeks. And they tried to put me back on that hardcore medicine. And I told them, no, I was 24 years old. I was so scared to even do that. But I was like, no you will not put me back on that medicine. And the doctor stood at the foot of my bed and said, if something happens to your children, it is your fault, this is on you and all that stuff. And I was like, I don't, we're good, we're good. Um, So they gave me some basic pain med just to kind of manage uh, the labor I was in. And they're like, maybe this will calm your body down, but if not, they're coming. And they came the next day. And within that like 24 hours, I had multiple nurses come in and say, we heard what happened and you did the right thing. And I, I mean, like I said, I was a, I was just a kid, I had a toddler at home, I had been in pain for five months, and I just knew that if I end up in the ICU, my babies end up in the ICU with me, it's not like it's a, it's not like it's helping them either. Um, we had had the steroid shots and they spent 10 days in the NICU, which I, my first one had been in the NICU too, so to us it wasn't a huge deal, and then they came home and now they're big and tall and healthy, you would never know, but that cocktail of medicines that they gave me throughout that five months mimicked an autoimmune disease for me i think it was the medicines it may have just been the whole stress but um i basically thought i had multiple sclerosis for two years because of the symptoms i had as my body recovered from all of that and they had no other solution for me it was multiple sclerosis we just have to wait and prove it until suddenly it wasn't because i changed my diet and i started moving my body and getting, I got off of the antidepressants they kept giving me and all of that stuff. And it, it was very terrifying to be so young and to not know for sure you were doing the right thing, but to say, no, I am going to be in control of this.
1: <laughs> wow. I you You gave me goosebumps with that story because it does take tremendous courage to kind of go against what you feel like is the expert in that point. But if you just know deep within you, like this is not right, then, you know, there's always other options. And I'm not saying like, oh, never take advice from your doctor or whatever, like, but if it's something not ready, like you can always go get a second opinion or you're always allowed to, you know, pick what you think is best. Um, And I think it's really amazing that those nurses came and tell you that you did the right thing.
0: It, I was so grateful. They didn't have to do that, but it was so encouraging to my untrained system at that point to have that encouragement.
1: So what for you, because I found that sort of really interesting because not only did you go through that whole story and ugh, bed rest and pregnancy and it's it was a lot. And then afterwards you had the courage to like go through that two year phase where everybody kept telling you, oh no, you have this, you know, X, Y, Z, and Zs, and then somehow you were able to do something with your daily habits or your mindset to be like, no, I, maybe I can just, you know, solve this with lifestyle like things. So like, how did you flip that switch? Yeah. So
0: I had looked up ways to handle MS. Cause I believed them. I thought, okay, I have MS. We just have to wait for it to be bad enough to prove it. Um, And I read that going off of gluten, this was before gluten free was a thing like there were the gluten free was not something anybody even knew to talk about. But the multiple sclerosis community did, and a lot of them had said going off of gluten helped with their MS. And so I was like, Okay, well, at least it's something I can do. And so I went gluten free and after about six months, my symptoms started clearing up and they only ever came back when I would eat gluten over the next. 10 to 12 years. I'm now more, I'm more, um, I can eat more gluten. I still don't think it's very good for you. Um, but, or I don't think it's good for me. Um, at least not American wheat products, but I know that's a whole other thing. Um, so that was kind of the start. And when I realized that getting off of gluten changed all my symptoms, first of all, at that point, because you couldn't buy gluten-free products that really meant I was eating meat, fruit, and vegetables. Um good quality chocolate. And if I did make some some sweets for myself, like brownies or whatever, it was good quality ingredients because that's all that were available, that were gluten free. Um, so I was probably eating fewer preservatives and processed foods also, even though that's not how I knew to eat at that point, I was raised in the South. We ate canned green beans and called it a health food. <laughs> so you know, it, that was kind of the start of my, oh, look at this diet affects a lot of things.
1: Wow it's really funny that you mentioned that because you did the gluten-free you were eating less processed food because that's exactly what was going on in my mind because you know I definitely think everybody's super different like everybody works different so like I don't think there is one you know I, I don't like calling it a diet but like a nutrition plan or something that you stick to that works for everybody but I do think we're just so used to eating all the processed foods and if you do cut out gluten or dairy or whatever you want to cut out you will see that you will start to make more like fresh home cooked meals and i think that's definitely part of the equation too and like don't get me started because i always thought it was you know there are so many things that what do they call it now my like language barrier comes in but um like certain things that like people will put countries in a certain box and it was like, Oh, the U S has all the fast food and so process. I was like, yeah, I, you know, I get it. But then I moved here and I was like, Oh no, but it's real. Cause like, that even so real. if I would buy, um, I'm plant-based myself, but if I would buy something that was processed in the Netherlands of like a meat replacer, there would be maybe 10 ingredients, but here it's like 30 or even with a protein powder. I'm like, I'm buying protein powder for the protein powder. I just want pea protein to satiate my muscles and like my hunger. And then it's like a 30 ingredient list. And I'm like, what, you know? Yeah.
0: It is mind blowing when you start looking at ingredients of things that you, and now, because like I said, let's see, the boys are 15. So 14 years ago is probably when I started this. Well, back then, We didn't have any gluten-free like like health food was not a marketable thing. At that point, it was, um, you know, tofu was health food and that was kind of it. So, but since then the health food industry has really exploded. And so these things that are marketed as health food, and then you look at the ingredients and you're like, I can't even name, I don't even know how to pronounce these
1: things. This isn't real food. Exactly. I definitely think like one of the if people ask me like, oh, but I want to eat healthier, like how do I do that? I think maybe the most impactful thing that you can do is start looking, actually looking at the ingredients labels on your food. Don't only look at the calories and the fat and the sugars, just right. actually look at things. And exactly what you said, I personally don't like eating things that I don't understand from when I'm reading it. So I think that will just help a lot. And I think that that's always super easy people. Cause there are so many things, you know, it's like, oh, gluten-free or dairy-free or paleo or keto. But the, the simplest thing you can do is just like, well, if it doesn't come with a label in the supermarket, then you're probably good. You know,
0: I like that. Yeah. That's kind of my philosophy too. um, chop the outside of the, the perimeter of the store. I've heard that a lot, the vegetables. Um, and I love that you said, There are so many different nutrition plans, and we're all made different. That's literally what I've been saying, because there's this whole debate now with all of our new U.S.-based meat replacement products that are really just 30 chemicals. Um, This whole plant-based thing is is a it's a different thing than it was even five years ago when people were plant-based. But I I like to tell people like you can be vegan and healthy. If your body chemistry is made for that, you can be carnivore and healthy. If your body chemistry is made for that, you're likely need to be somewhere in between, but like, it's not, it's not about that. It's about cutting out the processed foods and it's about eating for what your body actually needs. And for women eating what your body actually needs at the time of the month that actually needs it.
1: Yes. That's, that's who use untapped potential. Um, I like personally have, it's called a whoop strap. It's, it's not a fitness barrel. It's like more about it. And um, they have like heart rate variability, which is like a really, I know fancy, my nerd mode is coming up like thing, but um, they have a great thing where you can actually do, you know, more biohacking, meaning you can actually like more, do like research and figure out what really works for you. Because um, there's other variables that play into it, but you can actually like do that with yourself even if you don't have a fitness belt or like if you want to know what works for you, like, well then for a month long, like every alternate between days of wearing blue light blocking glasses and then the next stage is rate your sleep and see how that works because for me personally, it works great. I see that my recovery on my on that wearable thing is insanely higher when I wear a blue light blocking glasses. but like my mom won't be the same. So like you don't know until you try it out. And then also I feel like sometimes about we too much into the details and like, oh, well, these things are so bad and like everything imbalanced And like, you know, if some people say like, oh, well, this processed meat is really bad. But then if you go and get like a really sugary processed drink at Starbucks every day, you know, it's- Yeah, they it's don't so seem to balance that out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's very true. And I do think for some of us, that hardcore, super clean, quote unquote, however you define that, um is exactly right but some of us need the fall drinks you know or like you need um one of our our mutual friends she said it to me once it it's good for my heart but not for my body or something like that (laughs) it's good for my soul but not for my body and i was like i can live with that that's okay (laughs) that's good yeah completely okay wow this was such a fun little tangent we took um let's swing back so we were in medical school moved to the U.S. to be with Eric, and then now you are on both Instagram and TikTok as Medical Mermaid. You have a whole, uh, basically, I imagine your life each day as an actual mermaid with like your beautiful smoothie bowls and diving in the water. Is that true? Are you going to burst my bubble and tell me that you are in fact a land-based creature just like the rest of us?
1: um well first of all I love that I love that you said that um I do I really have like I feel like the ocean is my home um right now I don't live super close to the beach but I do travel as often as I can um but I do believe and it's funny because I heard you say this on another episode on your podcast that you're also a summer girl and I do really believe that I only believe in one season. It's summer. There's no other seasons. And I really try to live that summer year long. And yes, to answer your other part of your question, I really do eat a smoothie bowl every single day. And I like to make it pretty, even if I don't show it on my social media, because first of all, I truly think that if you spend time making a meal for yourself and you make it pretty and you connect with it like it sounds a little bit woo woo, but like just imagine if you're cutting up your own meal and you smell it and you feel the ingredients and you wash in them, there is something more than just like like eating something fast while you're in front of the TV. And then it really makes me happy. It's like a form of creativity. Um, but about the ocean thing, like my whole goal is definitely like I'm well, it's not even a goal, like it's just gonna happen. Like I am gonna live in a beach home and I am gonna swim in the ocean every day because that's just what makes me happy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh man, I thought about you. We were in Daytona a couple of weeks ago, and my husband, his my our whole marriage has told me he hates the beach. He doesn't like to go to the beach he doesn't beach vacations are dumb all this stuff but we were there with my stepson my stepdaughter and her husband and then my husband's ex-wife they do a beach trip every year and this year they invited us to come with them because um it's my stepson's last year of high school so we we, we went and we were kind of hanging out with him we went a little early and spent some extra time there and i was telling my husband i was like it the beach. it's just landscape like you can't hate the beach. You just haven't been allowed to experience it the way you want to, which is why you feel like you hate it. And we, we walked on the beach every day. We got up one morning and saw the sunrise. He played in the ocean with his son for like 12 hours straight. And by the end of it all, he was like, okay, so about that beach house, you've been bugging me about. <laughs> I'm like, right? I love that. You get it now. Like it's not, you just have to do it the way you want to do it. Um. But yeah, we have the same vision of my vision is a big beach house that's big enough for all of our kids to to come with their families when they're a little bit older and because um, they don't, none of them have kids yet. So this is a little bit further down the road, but they can come with their kids and enjoy their family time without feeling like they're right on top of us or bothering us in any way. And then we can all like have dinner together or, you know, but it can be big enough
1: so they feel the freedom to go do things. I love that. I can totally see it happening. And you have like this big, you know, family and like, you can look over the ocean and uh, like, I really, I do have, you know, specific routines that I do my day and I'm really big on visualization because I do believe that mindset is really important. And I think it's a great start to my day, but I'm also a really visual person. I love aesthetic things. So I have this specific like pinterest board and on at every single day basically like plotted out my whole life <laughs> and i just think that there is something to like you probably have noticed it like and i get that if you go on vacation you also have that vacation feel but every time i go to a coastal area or an island area everything is just a little bit more like relaxed. you know it's not like oh i'm not get my coffee over on time like you know it's it's a little bit more of that like relaxed feeling. And I personally, I feel like, you know, healthy lifestyle and tropical living are just like a match made in heaven. And like, what would be greater, at least in my opinion, like to wake up and like do meditation and yoga on the deck and like yes. do the ocean waves and then jump in the pool and then eat my disciples. And then, you know, I'm going to do a hike later on. And I always have this vision. I know it's very detailed, but it's going to happen. Like, we're going to have a dog. I'm a dog person. And that dog is going to come with us, like in the ocean on our boat. And it's going to become friends with the dolphins that are in front of our home. Like, it's going to happen.
0: <laughs> I love that. I bet it will. I'm positive it will happen. So right now, as you're as you're preparing and casting this vision for your future, you have not been able to work um, and earn money. But now for the last, I guess you're on three or four months now of being able to. So what do your days look like? How do you, how are you kind of living in that transition phase where you're not there yet, but you know you're on your way?
1: Yes, so I do have a very specific morning routine and it really is like, I prioritize that. Like as far as, even if I go away or I travel or I go to family, like I'm going to be like, hey, this time is like non-disturb mode. Um, I'm going to do this for me because I feel like if you start your day in that certain vibe and mindset like everything else will go better and also you have more willpower in the morning like it's just a lot harder at the end of the day when you come home and sit on the couch to be like I'm getting it up and do my workout so to like live in that vision already I do meditation and the visualization I do my workout and if I can I do it outside um, even if it's a little bit colder I feel like Getting, like, being outside makes me feel more connected to nature instead of feeling I, you know, live the more city life, so to say. Um, and the smoothie bowl thing is a really big part of it, because I feel like if I make a really tropical, fruity, delicious thing that looks great and tropical, like, it kind of transports me to that beach life every day. And it doesn't have to be a smoothie bowl for you, you know, maybe it's, I don't know, something else that you always eat on, on the beach. Um And then the rest of my days usually consist of creating videos and photos for my own social media or for brands, Um, so like planning it, filming, editing, um, collaborating with brands, like emails, meetings. um, And then I also do some coaching on the side, so like healthy lifestyle coaching. And a big part, I guess, of living that summer year round is like I just try to incorporate in everything I do so obviously in the work that I do in the videos it's always a summery vibe or like how I decorate my home or the kind of movies I watch the kind of music I listen to like I have this playlist it's called endless summer and I have it on all day I just try to incorporate that to like get into that feeling of well we might not live at the oceanfront house right now but it's very you know it resembles it a lot
0: yeah Yeah. I've said something. I said something similar to Jamie when we were in Daytona, because we were talking to people and be like, yeah, we're from Nashville and people there are like, oh, I love Nashville or, oh, I love Tennessee. That's where I'm going to retire. So these people living on the beach want to retire to the mountains. Right. Um, And so that's what I told him. I was like, we can really bring that same vibe home. And you know what, when we finally do have the beach house and we're living somewhere different, we both grew up in this area, um, either the deep south or like middle Tennessee area, we're used to trees and hills and deep, deep greens and seasons. I was like, we're going to miss it when, when we really get what we want. There's going to be parts of this that we miss. So let's soak it up now. Let's hike more. Let's be outside as much as we can um, and bring that same um, gratitude that we felt at the beach to the place that we're in
1: right now. Completely. Like, I feel like that's just a secret sauce because, like we always want what we don't have and it's part of like human experience um i think it's amazing because it means that we can always grow i'm not saying you always have to do better or be higher or you know live in a more fancy house but in general i think it's just fun to like have this passion and and work towards it but definitely appreciate what you have right now because you know if i look back right now i started to miss and i never thought i would but like i really start to miss like the really historic city feels in Europe and I I like want to travel back there now but I never really appreciated that much I was always like frustrated because I had my two bags on my bike because I didn't have a car there and they would burst in the groceries now I'm like oh I would give anything just bike to the grocery store instead of you know go in my <laughs> car so yeah it, it I totally agree with you on that so I, I love that you're doing that
0: yeah that's awesome um, so you're, you're mainly doing content creation right now. How, for someone interested in doing brand content, how do you get connected to people? How do you get started in that?
1: Yes. Yeah, so basically there are multiple ways. Like if you, there are multiple words for it, but like you mean influencer or blogger or content creator, um, mostly people use the term content creator. I feel at least it's more a term of like, I create content and, that's the main thing I do. And, you know, more like traditional influencing, so to say, is if you just do your own thing and then brands want to use your audience as exposure. Oh, okay. You You know what? I, I don't think I had heard like the exact difference between those two, but that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's loosely my interpretation. I'm not saying this is an addiction or anything, but usually that's a little bit how it is. But a lot of people have also become, I'm doing air quotation, like, Allergic to the word influencer because it just sounds kind of, you know, icky. But um, if you want to get started in kind of that social media, photo photography, videography era, I would say like everybody starts at zero. Um, You have to just practice making photos and videos. And I started a long time ago, even before I started like actual things on social media and just trying to have kind of like hmm, oh if i hold my camera this way or if this is the, you know good lighting or if i cut it this way and just really try to like hone in on the craft so to say it's kind of cliche but it definitely does work because especially if you want to just sell your videos and photos for a brand to use it on their social media website the main thing is like the content's got to be good like it's not about your audience But it's got to be, is the video eye-catching? Do you have a good hook? Um, You know, does it evoke feeling in people? Um, So, and you can get like all of those things like just from watching TikToks and Reels and see, oh, I like this video. And then start thinking, why do I like this video? Did I like the hooks of the first three seconds? Did I like a transition? I'm going to try a transition and just like have fun with it. That's like the part of like getting basically, you know, good at the craft itself. And then once you have that, just make like a media kit, which is basically a resume for content creators, um, where you kind of have like a portfolio where you just show some of your videos um, and put your email address, very important, put your email address in your bio on TikTok or um, Instagram too, because some companies like to reach out through direct message, but other people like to email. And that way they can reach out to you, but then you could also reach out to other brands. You can find their email addresses. You know, sometimes people on TikTok mention it, but you can find it on LinkedIn and just send your media kit, the nice email and just see where it goes from there. So that's basically the two main things you need to have, like try to get good content and then make a little portfolio and start reaching out. And people people will also reach out to you if you post that content on your own page.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. And I totally agree with you about the just start practicing oh let's try this camera angle oh let's try this transition one of the things i've had so much fun with on TikTok um, Is I just started about a month ago, and I was challenged to post five videos a day so far, I have missed three days total full disclosure but. i've been posting five videos a day, other than that and what's fun about it is when you're posting that much content, you can't overthink it you just gotta like try things. And and if, if I tried to make everyone perfect, I wouldn't do any of it. Um, whereas on Instagram, I do tend to be a little bit more like, I want to be a little more perfect. And so it's been fun to be on TikTok and just, we're going to put a whole bunch of stuff out there and see what happens.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's like, definitely in the beginning. And, you know, you got to have some part of that too, when you continue, but the thing is like, yeah, you can make a couple of videos where, and I still have it to this day, where I have this vision, and it just doesn't come to life. And it's fine if I'm like, oh, spend all this time, but I really don't, I, I just really don't feel good about the video, so I'm not going to post it, that's fine. But you also just got to try things, and in the beginning, just try a whole bunch of things, see what sticks, you know, look in your insights. So, oh, well, apparently this video does well, and this video, too, do it have similarities, okay, I'm just going to do that again, because you know, you've, maybe there's certain templates, so to say, that works, but also people need to hear things multiple times. Like, you know, even when we learn things in school, like, it's not like a teacher said one thing one time, and then we all was like, oh my God, we're going to jump on this. Um, and then also, like, later on in your journey, I think it's always fun to keep exploring. That's what you do naturally. That's what you do in a natural career. Like, you grow and you try different things. um So yeah, I I definitely think just trying things out. And for me, I've like learned so many things like before I would get so frustrated because I had this like certain idea and I wanted to look, the photos to look like candid. And like, I was like that look of like someone just sneakily like took a picture around the corner but it's like this beautiful scenery. You know, I didn't want it to look posed. And that took a really long time for me to, to like realize, like, okay, how do I bring that about? But sometimes it happens where I have this idea and I go out and it's horrible lighting, and I'm just literally like, okay, I'm gonna stop. This is never gonna work. The lighting is just horrible. And before I would just spend three hours and get so frustrated, like, why is it not turning out? And I'm like, yeah, duh, there was not good lighting. So right, right. So now, but
0: you would only know that because you spent so much time trying it before, but that built your instinct. So now. You can try fewer things, but you're still always gonna be kind of experimenting and, and figuring out. Yes, figure. exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, so what just kind of keeping on with that, for someone who maybe wanted to do content creation, what do you do you have certain video editing software that you like? Do you have tripods? I don't know. Like what 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 are the tools of your trade?
1: Yes, so I definitely think. And I think this has been promoted and I think it's more accepted now, but you really don't need fancy camera gear. You can, if you want to. And I think, especially for certain photos, you know, when you want, it has to do with like the certain like um focal length and everything. But sometimes if you want the, like the face of the portrait to be really sharp, but the background blurry, yeah, it's, it's better to get a really, you know, great camera. But for a lot of things, like I honestly shoot all the things on my iPhone, um, because it's just so easy to read on your iPhone. You can edit it right away. Um, and especially you will find out, I think naturally, if you start to get into that content creator mindset, even when you travel to places place where you go out, you're going to get inspired by your environment. And for me, it just is not practical to like carry around this huge amount of gear everywhere I go. So I just have my iPhone. It's super small, you know, fits in your pocket. So that's about that. And then I would definitely say like the the easiest thing is just buy a tripod. I started with a super cheap tripod. I bought it at Walmart. So I, that being said, like I only bought a tripod after I moved here. So that, that said a lot. And it's, you can use a lot of natural things around your house, but it is nice. And it's only like $30. So you do that. Um, And then I think the other essential is personally think if you go more into the short form video, I definitely think it would be worth investing in like an app, a paid app that you use every month because I think everybody who's tried making reels in Instagram or editing things in TikTok, sometimes the app glitches and your whole like two hours worth of work is just gone and it's so frustrating. Um, and you just don't have all the tools. So I personally use Splice. I think it's about $10 or something a month. And I love it because it's super user-friendly. It's really easy to do. And you can even add like royalty-free music. Um, That means the music is like not copyrighted. You can use it everywhere. Um, You can do like editing and like the text and everything. So that's something that I use a lot. and then I think getting inspiration is a big thing too. And for me, that comes from Pinterest and then also just TikTok and Instagram itself. Um, you don't have to copy what other people are doing, but you can get inspiration and the same for YouTube. So I would say those are like, it's really not that. I wish I had like something really juicy or fancy. Like if you buy this, you know, but it's really like this example of, and you know, um, we both are a big fan of this woman called Kathy Heller, but she always says like, if you, the the toaster is not gonna do anything if you don't plug it in. And it's the same thing with um, like like photography and making videos. So many photographers get upset because they feel like everybody always asks, oh, what is your camera? Because if you have the camera, then all of a sudden your, your photos are gonna be great. Well, the quality maybe is better. Yeah, but you have to like hone in on that craft.
0: Yeah, well, and I think um, kind of the same along what Kathy says about um, you to plug in the toaster and do it messy and all those things like the most beautifully shot and edited perfect aesthetic video might still get fewer views than the time I just hold my phone up in bad lighting and, and rant about something. So I try to keep that in mind too, like, let's just create from what's inside and put that outside. And we'll worry about the rest of the stuff. Like as it comes, I I've literally told people, because people are asking me about podcast editing and what I'm doing and all these things. And I'm like, I am doing the literal simplest thing I can do. And when I'm big enough to pay somebody to do it for me, they can do it better. But until then, this is what we've got. (laughs)
1: Exactly. And it's so true. Like I, and it's, it's not just like a thing that people say, but it's a phenomenon because I hear so many creators like so many times. We spend hours on one video, but then yeah, the the thing that you shot within two minutes was great, and it's because I think usually that that thing that goes viral, so to say, that we shot in two minutes is because we had this great idea, we took action on it right away, and it was just from the heart. And this is one thing that I learned in the past couple months that I feel like a lot of creators don't keep in mind. Your creative ideas do really have a shelf life. I so many so often have a really good idea, but if I don't take action on the first two days, I'm like I will start it the third day, but it's not gonna turn out well. And I feel like that's why some of those videos go really well because you just execute it right away. You have the whole detailed plan, you just have that thing, you take action on it right away. So yeah, that's definitely, I feel like really important.
0: Yes. Yes. The listeners could not see me nodding so emphatically, but I, that has actually been a lesson that I've learned in the last few, well, a long time, but it's kind of hit home the last few months as well. Um, I recently had like just this weekend had a thought about midlife. Cause I, I turned 40 this year. So I'm approaching that like midlife, what people call midlife crisis, but I'm like, it's just, just normal transformation. It's just that if you haven't, transformed intentionally until you're older and your kids are out you have more time then you kind of freak out because you don't know what it's about um but i have this whole thought about how to talk about magical midlife and how it can be so transformative and so empowering and and it hit me like in the past i would have had a thought like that and been like okay okay i'm gonna let that simmer i'm gonna let that develop i'm gonna and it was really just an excuse for me not to put out there what was on my heart or in my mind at the time and then by the time the thing had simmered, it was so integrated in who I was, it wasn't even easy to share anymore. So I've been thinking a lot like it's, I, I need to step out on this whole magical midlife thing while it's hot and and start talking about it. Cause I think it's so powerful. Millennials are hitting midlife, everybody. Like that should scare all of us um, because they had such a hard time. We had such a hard time at 25, you can only imagine what we're gonna be like at 40, so. We need, we need some people talking about how amazing
1: this, this time of life can be. Yes, exactly. And I love that you put that twist on it because I think it's so true. And I also think a lot of, and once again, this might be maybe to like spiritual people or, you know, out oh, no. there, I don't know, not on this podcast.
0: Things. We've had light language. We've talked about breath work. Like you're
1: not going to get too spiritual on this podcast. Okay. Um, I think that a lot of these things. Happen in our lives because all society keeps saying it to us. So, like, if everybody around you and you and we as women grew up with the thought of like, oh, well, if we have the midlife crisis or if we hit our menopause, this and this is going to happen. And you always focus on that and like you start just expecting it already before it happens. Like, yeah, of course it's going to happen. Or you decide mm, maybe it could go different. And like I don't feel that way or maybe it's not normal to always end up in a nursing home when you're 80 and just be biking around you know so I definitely feel like if more people like you because I would love to hear it from you um would talk about it and just open up that like other option you know for people I think that will be will be amazing and just see it as another adventure because I know it's cliche but age is really just a number like You know, time is all relative, so it really doesn't matter, you know?
0: Oh, it's so true. And I, I do
1: think, to we're
0: a little off topic, but to be fair to people I know in their late 30s, early 40s now, I think most of us actually feel the same way I do. Most people still look like me. We still look younger than we are. Most of us are still active and, you know, at least the people attracted to me that are in my circle, so the people I've attracted into my life have that mindset. So I I do think it's a little bit healthier mindset than it used to be. But okay, back to you, though. One other thing I want to chat about before we um, wrap up, and that is free diving. Because that is literally not even something I'd heard of until I hopped onto your Instagram live that day. And I was like, what the actual is this? So can you tell us what is free diving? And how did you find it and explore it?
1: Yes, so free diving, really simply put, is the same thing as scuba diving, but without the gear. Now, I think a lot of people are like, oh, what? Without the gear? How is that possible? So you can do it with or without fins at just whatever you prefer, but it basically means you take one really big breath at the surface, and then you dive down, and you just enjoy being in the ocean. Um And then when you need to come up for air, you do it again. It is definitely a little bit different than snorkeling, obviously, because with snorkeling, you just stay at the surface. You breathe through your snorkel. Um, And with freediving, you really usually people like often, you know, if you snorkel and you freedive, then you dive down with both. But usually people who freedive, like we don't even have the snorkel because you take one big breath and then you just dive like to whatever you want to dive to. Um, I'm definitely not like, you know, I don't compete in free diving. I'm not a professional free diver, um, of any sorts. Like I haven't competed wait, in events.
0: Wait, 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 this is a competitive thing. How do you compete? Is it like how far down you can go? Is that what the competition? Yes. And it's,
1: I think so many people don't know about it, but it's, I feel like it's so magical. Like as an ocean girl, myself, you know i think that the the other ocean girlies will relate but just when you're underwater everything is so magical like you leave all the hustle and bustle at the surface it's calm but exciting at the same time for me because i love ocean wildlife as well and like what they do in competitive free diving is they um you indeed like you get like prize um you get like uh how do you call that sorted um on how deep you dive and there are different categories so um it, it kind of sometimes has a bad rep um but what you do is there are categories where you just dive down like you have a certain line and you have to grab a tag at the bottom and then come up to like prove that you have you know you dive to that depth but um, there's categories where you just swim down yourself, no fins, only mask. But there's also categories where you wear the fins or where, and this may sound a little bit scary. I'm not super fond of it, but it's called like constant weight. So you're kind of attached to something with a weight that just goes down, and then you do the tag at the bottom, and then this like air thing like pulls you back up. Um, but I definitely think that some people underestimate what humans are capable of doing underneath water, like they're literally women in Japan who do this every single day to like get their food and they can hold their breath for four minutes. Like it's a normal thing. It's not superhuman. And like with the depth of the dives, like people have reached like 170 meters. Um, how much is that in, um, (laughs) yeah, I don't have no idea (laughs) because I think if I don't translate, people are really like, well, that's not really 170 meters to feet, I think is the best rate. Okay, 557.
0: Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's really far down. So I know a lot of people are very afraid of what's in the ocean, because we can't see it. And they're afraid of sharks, especially the beaches I go to in Florida. So what about that? What about the scary things that can you know, eat you in the ocean? (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I have always seen the ocean as a really magical place. And I also think that, and I, I do this also on land, so to say, but I feel like we're all, we're like a visitor. We do not own the planet and we do also not own the ocean. So I think just the thought of like, oh, I'm going to go into the ocean and like, I'm going to, you know, like there are other creatures out there and we share the space with them. And of course, there's always with anything you do with any sport, there are things that you need to look out for. First of all, when you go free diving, or in my opinion, when you go into the ocean in general, you should always have someone with you and someone who is actually capable of doing, like, you know, when something does go not as you wanted it to be, like, they're capable of helping you. It's right. the same thing with freediving, You should always dive with a buddy and someone who is really capable of, you know, looking out for you. but. I mean, the ocean is so big and it's not like there are like 10 sharks at every beach. Uh, And there's also a certain spot, like there's also some like springs, for example, in Florida, like if you're like, oh, free diving, like I would love to try that. But the like in the like open ocean, that's not for me. Then you can always like try that too or try in a pool or anything. I definitely think and in general, sharks are not as bad as people think. It's always like, oh, my God, if there's a shark, they're going to eat me. Every type of shark is horrible. And Yeah. It's the same like some dogs, like when you meet them in the wild, they're going to be really nice and you're going to be like, oh, and then sometimes if you like make the wrong move or a dog is in a really bad mood or it's just, you know, whatever, like they're going to to bite you. Like it's the same with other ocean wildlife. So it's not like all sharks are bad or every specific species is always hunting for like you and legs. Like, no. So (laughs) um, just try it out and you can always like start off i would definitely recommend like doing you know some sort of tour so like you can go on a free diving tour you go snorkeling. there's always people with their like and usually those people go to the same spots every single day so to kind of are more knowledgeable about that specific area how the current is what kind of wildlife is there um so yeah and then always what i like about freediving is um it's the best thing to do when the, when there's great clarity, meaning you can see really far and deep into the water. And if you free dive, like you have the goggles on, it's not like you can't see underwater. Like I see everything around me, you know, so.
0: Right. That's awesome. What is just kind of last question. What is your favorite free diving experience to date?
1: I I definitely think it was in Mallorca with my mom. Um and I'm really proud of her cuz my mom is one of those people like she's not only afraid of like those creatures but also like she's just not a water person. It's never been and I come from like my dad's side and the rest of the family we're all into like sailing and my sister is a surf instructor, my brother is a sailing instructor, and my dad sailed. We're like all about the water. And my mom was always like, "No." But we're mom. <laughs> yeah, she's the best mom ever. Like she will literally, yeah, she's she will do anything with any of um my siblings as well. And we went on vacation together and I want to go free diving because it's amazing in Mallorca. So we went into the ocean and for the first time, like she had uh I lent her my um, I always make this mistake, lent or borrow. No, I borrowed her my goggles. And she was like, oh my God, I can see, I can see fish. And she had never just, that they always fogged up and that was like really nice. And then at one point she like tried to stick her snorkel back in and somehow, I don't know how she did it, but laughed so hard and the sun was setting in this beautiful cave. And like she stuck her snorkel inside her eye, like in her mask, like, I don't know how she did that, but we laughed so hard. And there was this other time where this is a wonderful beach and it was just so clear and so serene and, yeah, it's some the, like that beach. I think about every single week. So I think that was definitely like my best creative experience, and that's where you see like it's also not only about the ocean or the perfect conditions. It's the whole thing and who you're with and if you're having fun. So
0: yeah, oh, I love that, Vivian. Thank you so much for your time today. I am just so glad I got to know you even better, and I'm gonna get to share you with the listeners and tell everybody where they can find you if they're interested in how did you word it in that one conversation um successful beach women lifestyle yes. um, mermaid
1: lifestyle where can they find you so my main platform is TikTok. so i'm there at medical mermaid and then i'm also on pinterest um i post on there um like multiple times per week um and you can also find that like amazing like visualization board i have there it's open so everybody can enjoy um i believe that's medical mermaid viv and then same thing for instagram instagram is really not my main platform but i do love really like messaging with people on there so feel free to to message me on there and then this week my youtube channel is going to be out so you can just find that underneath my regular name vivian yacht i know my last name is difficult but it's j-a-g-t so
0: Right. Oh, yay. I'm so excited for the YouTube channel. You really do make beautiful videos. And when I'm scrolling, I always know when it's your video that popped up because it's so very you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Vivian. And there you have it. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please share it with your friends. Share it on social media. If you head over to Instagram, you can tag me at the underscore Monica Baker or um, and or Vivian at the Medical Mermaid Viv. Viv. (laughs) We would love to hear from you. Those handles will be in the show notes so that you can get the right spellings. Um, but also head on over to Spotify or the iTunes store, rate and review the show. It really helps us get the word out. So thanks again for joining me this week and until next week, have an amazing day.